Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. One of us is playing hurt uh, today a little bit. Yeah. Despite some physical ailments, still came to perform on today's show. Because that's the kind of trooper that he is. Okay. And I'm not talking about Shwani. Shwani makes the rest of us hurt, but physically he's okay. But Andy's... Welcome to call you Grandpa Andy today. Yeah, a little, uh, a little hard today. Uh, you know, I, I have a newfound respect for those that uh, drive trucks for long distances at long periods of time. Yep. Uh, and others that uh, that do that, not just truck drivers, but other uh, delivery folks, long distance, long distance travelers, travelers in, in the car. Because, yep. oh boy, coming back from uh, from Florida with my father and my parents' dog in the back seat. I uh, did all the driving from uh, right around West Palm Beach. That's a long drive. All the way here, so. 20 hours? Yeah, 21, 22. Who's counting? Who's counting? <laughs> and when did your back seize up on you? About was, uh, After I got out of the was car. It, was it in Tennessee? Yeah, my, I, I tell was you, it, I, I was felt... Was it around the, the, the world's largest rubber band It ball? could have been there, or it could have been uh, right around Kentucky. I think Louisville mm. might have been where it really started to hurt a little bit. You yeah. still have a long way to go from there. Yeah, it's about five hours, six hours from there. That's so. painful. It's uh, you know you, you get to see some interesting parts of the country. I mean, we went, th- went through the uh, the Smoky Mountains. That's beautiful in there, and it was uh, a perfect time of day for it as well as morning, and not a lot was going on. But uh, let me I tell know. you something, uh, folks: you can have I sixty five all to yourselves. <laughs> I never want to see that road again. Andes, very anti I sixty five. Never want to see that road again. Has, has there ever been a time? When there has not been major construction going on. I don't know. Any time that I've been on it, I react the same uh, way. Man, like, there's major this. construction going on right now, just south of there the toll road. Is. So, you know, we were driving. and we were, were working on those bridges over there. We were on I-24, which goes through Chattanooga and then through Nashville, and we were going to connect to I-57. But I got an alert on my driving app that said something was closed on I-57, and it rerouted us to... 65 mm. and 65 was bad enough but then when you get off at 8094 on a friday afternoon oh, nope. oh my nope. goodness best nope. of luck to you oh, all oh my goodness i can see why people don't like to be around that area at no that wonder, time of day. no wonder it has nothing to do with the physical ailment this is all mental with well you. it was you know the mental of it did outweigh the physical but the physical is now outweighing the mental since i'm not thinking about it anymore yeah but he's all he's all like tightened up and yeah shawani why don't you help him <laughs> Walk on my back Why don't you or something. Do something yeah. for him. Give him a massage. You know, the worst thing is I can't even mind my golf swing like I do every day. <laughs> do yeah, that. right. Ordinarily, he, does, he comes in and the does time. the golf swing right. and uh, gets get out loose. the little, uh, the yeah. you know, the tin can to do some putting practice. I mean, it's uh, PGA but... Championship week. I mean, I have to you know emulate the, the stars. Right. Yep. I Didn't do. Happen. I do the same thing with badminton. Well, you know, hey, everybody's got their thing. I right? do the badmintons. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So I'm going to hear this. Oh, yeah. Swanee, oh. give my, come on. We got uh, 10 minutes here on the beginning of the show. <laughs> give Andy a nice massage. <laughs> a lot of people don't know Swanee has a spa down on South Michigan <laughs> Avenue. Oh, man. He does the hot rocks uh, massage. <laughs> Have you ever had that? No. no. Oh, that's Andy. 
I'm not kidding. That's what you need mm-hmm. with this. Hot rocks. It is wonderful. Are they kept that the hot ro- stone massage. Oh, they take the hot rocks out of the oven, 500 degrees, mm-hmm. and put them on your bare skin. That's right. Yep. And just lay them on you, and that heat soaks into those sore muscles. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's and marvelous. Then you have to cover the burns in some cream. No, it's not hot. Hot. <laughs> it takes warmth. It's it's that, it's take you warmth. right to the hospital. <laughs> it's warmth. It's it's a fantastic get, massage. Get a skin graph. <laughs> so the one good feature that my dad's car had on it was this lumbar thing. You can like yeah, like those uh, help. Push yeah, the thing. And I was like, oh, lumbar. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm not a fan of massage. No. No. Wow. I can. I've had many, many massages. Almost always, I hate it. Yeah, I'm kind of indifferent. You know, I just uh, it it depends on me. I've got I've got bad sinuses, so when you lay on your on your stomach for half an hour or whatever, you get a little congested. Well, don't you put your no face in that hole? In the yeah, table? but the hole sometimes in which, some places are not, which seems very sanitary. Wide, Always seems yeah. very sanitary to me. Yeah, and the top part puts pressure on your. Well, you don't need to know about my, about my troubles in the. I just don't shower. like you get all lubed up. You, it's gross. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's not for everybody. Well, anyway, after 10 o'clock, Shawnee will be putting banana leaves on Andy. (laughs) uh, That's when a song was a song. How about it? Taking me back to the club days. The crazy days when I could stay up past 9 (laughs) o'clock. Close down many a bar to this song. Uh, There's a new documentary about uh, Donna Summer. It just uh, dropped on uh, HBO and HBO Max. If you're a fan, you might want to uh, take a look at that. Twenty was big in the nightclubs uh, back in the days, in the disco days. Do you remember the one in the south suburbs called the Poison Apple? I don't know if I've ever been there, but I do remember it existing. Yes, I was there, and... Uh, yeah, paint us a picture was, of what, uh, what. What year would that have been? That right? would have been nineteen seventy-six, six-ish, and seven. I'd be there, uh, coming home from uh, school. You know, paint us a picture of there. the bicentennial Schwann <laughs> <laughs> going out for a night out. Oh, let's see here. Um, well, you know, the leisure suit and the. Uh, Did you really have a leisure? Uh, yeah, suit? I used to sell them. And um, what? Oh, yeah, I used to sell them. What do you mean? Worked in a store that sold men's clothing, oh. and we sold them. And what was the name of the store? I don't remember. It's a weird Weebolt. name for a clothing store. Weebolts? Weebolts. <laughs> I bought a leisure suit at Weebolts once. Did you? Yep. Lime, yeah. lime green. But I never had any of the chains or any of that. Mm. I did have the big sideburns, but I had I didn't have I didn't have all of the no. jewelry on there. Andy was but, too uh, young for all this. I was but nine. You know, it was more. You know, you just played the Donna Summer song. Yeah. That takes me back to the DJ days, as it does for you it too. Does. Yeah. Well, we played them all. Yeah, we played them all. That's why this Donna Summer uh, documentary. It's called "Love to Love You, Donna Summer." Uh, that talks about her meteoric rise all over the world. I mean, she was an international megastar. Uh, and uh, how difficult her personal life was behind the scenes of addiction and uh, all you know all kinds of uh, problems. She, uh, ultimately dying of lung cancer 10 years ago. It was uh, very sad. Mm. Uh, but, okay, so here's 1976, Dean. I did have the uh, leisure suit also, but I wouldn't wear it uh, to uh, to go out. 
Because the big I, polyester shirts with the collars yeah, that went out the length of your shoulders. Yeah, that's too hot to dance in, though. You, you couldn't wear that much polyester and not combust. <laughs> that's true. At least not me. Uh, I'm already looking like a furnace anyway. <laughs> but uh, so this was my 1976 look. T-shirt. Overalls. What? Yeah, overalls. Overalls? Yep. <laughs> so you were like, you looked because like Grandpa and the real McCoy. I didn't then. have anybody to tell me, what <laughs> are you wearing? <laughs> Go back in the house right now and change your clothes. <laughs> I thought that that was a hip and happening look. <laughs> I've got to see a picture of this. Fortunately, none exists. Okay. As far as you know. <laughs> I'm sure there are, but you're not going to tell th- me. I don't think I have any overalls. You're not going to tell me if they if they do exist. I was big into the overalls. And you know what? Uh, you know, as the night went on and the disco beats start humming, <laughs> <laughs> I would uh, unstrap one of the straps. Oh. On the, oh. That's a look. Yeah. one of the I would let, let go one of the straps. So... I was extra sexy. (laughs) You said it. I didn't. (laughs) Again, not one person to tell me, what are you leaving the house like that? Yeah. (laughs) Now, at nine years old, we were, I was big into the, uh, the screened on t-shirts. You know, you have the little, sure. you know, we had, I think we had a $6 million man one and you put your name on the back or something like that. Happy days. Did you have a happy day? Happy days. Uh, so we did it at the local uh, local drugstore, Kim's Drugstore in um, in Glenview. Press on? Yeah, they had the little press on, the iron-on decals, and yep. yeah, it would be uh, powder blue, white, gray, whatever you wanted. It's, that's what we wore all summer. Yeah. I don't remember what was on my T-shirt in my sexy overalls look. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what, next uh, Tree Time show that we do... You're going to wear that. I'll wear... Uh, I'm pretty the, sure the, I still have You'll start overall. a fashion trend. <laughs> bring it back. Bring it back. <laughs> How funny would that be if I showed up in overalls? <laughs> I would leave. Um, you would not leave. No, I know. You'd be I taking mean, pictures. That's what you'd be doing. Yes, then I would right. write... Then I would have incriminating pictures. So that was, yeah, that was back in the day when, uh, you know, we would, would you go out to the bars. Were you, were you, dan- you, you were a dancer back then. Because, Who, me? Yeah, because I remember. Somewhat, yeah. I have the incriminating photos that I have you, the blackmail pictures I have, man. <laughs> You're on the dance floor. <laughs> um, yeah, so you dance up a storm and then. Uh, you know what we used to do? We uh, Afterwards, uh, you go and get something to eat afterwards. You find some all-night restaurant. Hmm. Get an omelet or something. And we did our dancing during the daytime at the uh, the roller rink to those songs. That would be a fun show to do on roller yeah. skates. We did them at the, uh, the Axel Roller Rink. Up Axel there. Roller yeah, Rink. Up in uh, Niles or wherever that is. Yeah. That would be fun. I put a pair of skates on. Once I stood up, I went right back down. <laughs> Here's how I I picture, took them off. I picture Schwani and me on roller skates like that uh, Honeymooners <laughs> yes, episode. Yes. Where Ralph Crampton goes roller skating. Hamana, 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 hamana. 
<laughs> that's how I picture that. Yeah. Uh, that's not too far off either. Anyway, big diversion from uh, uh, recommending this uh, Donna Summer. If you're you know of a certain age, Donna Summer music means something to you. I saw her shortly before she passed away at Ravinia. Man, was that a fun hmm. night. Like all these old people dancing. <laughs> like now, me, wait a old people like now, me. Now, wait a minute. What? You're not older. We're older. No, no they were, we were all pretty old. Older. We're, we're old. <laughs> dancing, all you could hear was the Excedrin bottles uh, <laughs> shaking. <laughs> the arthritis medicine. <laughs> arthritis pills shaking. <laughs> Um, that was a fun night. But uh, anyway, this documentary is on uh, HBO Max. So you want to check that out. You know, a movie that ties right in with this is called Spinning Gold. Oh, that right. That was out here. We saw that uh, right. a few weeks ago. Uh, Gilda, my girlfriend, and I mm-hmm. saw that. And uh, that brought took took us back, you know, back to the 70s. Yeah. And uh, it ties right in. With this documentary, so see that and then see the documentary. Yeah, there's a, a or lot, the other way around. A lot of good nostalgia. It was a fun time. Mm-hmm. It was a fun time. I don't know. I was flipping around channels and I ran, I ran into Saturday Night Fever, the movie. Yeah, that's a. I I, I enjoyed wa- watching that. It brought back some memories brought, also. Brought back there. some memories of the white three-piece uh, suit that I had <laughs> with the seventies uh, shirt that you were talking about. Yes, with, with the one. That goes the the length of your shoulders. Yeah, there. the collars, the width, super super long collars. Yeah, uh, unbuttoned all the, almost all the way down to my belly button. <laughs> if the overall visual image wasn't enough to make you <laughs> lose your breakfast this morning, I'd unbutton the uh, shirt so you could see my gold chains and saber tooth that I was wearing. That okay? That answered my question. The saber tooth yeah. tiger on the on the chains. Well, you're not just talking about this. I was sexy as anything back then. <laughs> boy i don't know what happened to me but back then yeah i don't either i don't know when i took a severe left turn but somebody on our text line said they loved wearing painter's pants back in the 70s i had painter's pants back in the 70s did you yeah i I never i never painted anything but (laughs) i liked the pants i may have had a pair i may have i don't remember I don't remember a lot of things. Right. That, well, that's what they say. If you did the 70s right, you shouldn't have any memory. <laughs> but here's, here's the thing now. Uh, I think for our next Tree Time show, next uh, November, whenever it is, uh, we should all, it should be like a 70s show. Yeah. 70s fashion, 70s. That would be fun. It would be fun. That would be fun. So... The question becomes, if you have any of this clothing, does it still fit? Of course not. (laughs) Of course not. So you'll have to uh, do some alterations. I'll be taking my white three-piece suit to the... I want to see the overalls. That's what I want to see. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I don't have any pictures. (laughs) But let me just tell you, you've never seen a sexier morning talk show host alive. Hey! Good morning, everybody. Hey, good morning, Dave. Hey, good morning. What you know there, Dino? 
<laughs> hey, man, watch my cocktail. Yeah, good to be with you. While I go on the dance floor. Okay, all right. Well, let's check out our far-flung floorcast. Floorcast? Floorcast. Floor floor on the floor. <laughs> Get out your compasses, protractors, and devices, because today we are going to Dansville, New York. Mm. Dansville, New York is in the western portion of New York State. A very beautiful part of the state and the country, by the way. Uh, it was uh, goes back to the 1850s. Andy, you'll like this. This yeah. is exactly what you need. A spa was opened Ooh. there in 1854. People came from all over there to take the cure for uh, whatever ailed them. But we mentioned Dansville. Spas back then were different than spas. Very different. No <laughs> Very hot stones. Spas yeah. were just naked guys walking around. <laughs> <laughs> but we mentioned Dansville. Because it was on this date, and it was great, in 1881, Clara Barton and Associates formed the American Red Cross in Dansville, New York. And Clara Barton was involved with uh, helping soldiers in the Civil War and really devoted her life to health care. And it was on this date in 1881 that the American Red Cross was founded by Clara Barton and Associates. 1881 in Dansville, New York. Their weather is almost identical to ours. It is sunny and 61 there right now. You know who else has dedicated his life to helping others? Dr. Kevin Most. Exactly. Who we will hear after this update of news. 938 Dean Richards Sunday morning. Make him wait. WWGN. Another cigarette. Oh, man. So, uh, I forget where I was. I was someplace outside. And you know how people now, uh, thank goodness, uh, you know, that most people are not smoking in buildings anymore, but they stand right in front of the doors of buildings to smoke, smoke, smoke in that cigarette. And you have to walk through a wall of cigarette smoke in order to get in some of these buildings. Uh, and I wondered, you know, how much, uh, how much damage the secondary smoke is doing to uh, old Uncle Dean. Dr. Kevin Most is the chief medical officer over at Central DuPage Hospital. And good morning, Dr. Most. How are you, my friend? Dean, I am doing great. And what a perfect day out today. So hopefully everyone's going to get outside and enjoy it. Perfect day to be outside and have to walk through somebody's secondary school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How, how, is that damaging or is it just annoying to those, well, those of us, you know, especially it, it us, us reformed smokers who are the... You know, the worst of all. Yeah. I mean, secondary smoke used to be really bad when people smoked inside and there were no controls. Now, with it being smoked outside and you walking through that, probably more of an inconvenience than any really health-related issue. Oh, good. Um, but, but certainly, you know, not elegant, but look what's going on with smoking. We're, we hit our lowest point of, of smokers now in the, in the history. Is that right? Really? Yeah. Is, yeah. uh, are we seeing it uh, increasing someplace else? I, I guess I, I'm not seeing as many people vaping as I used to. That that was you know super popular for a while, and so occasionally you still see that a little bit, but uh, that that doesn't seem to have caught on very much. Vaping has really caught on in adolescents and teenagers. Unfortunately, that number has just jumped. I mean, dramatically. And you'll probably see even less and less because whether people know it or not, you can still vape indoors. You cannot smoke indoors, but you can vape. The governor is probably going to sign. If he didn't sign it at the end of last week, he's going to sign it this week saying no more indoor vaping. Mm. And people have to think, oh, vaping, you know, it's why it's not bad. Certainly tobacco has a lot of carcinogens in it 
But vaping has nicotine in it, which, you know, is not only highly addictive, but can increase your blood pressure and could lead to individuals then starting smoking. Of tobacco, you mean, right? Conventional conventional smoke. Correct. And they make it, uh, you know, so, I mean, the, the vape smoke... Uh, I know it's technically not smoke, but the vape vapors, I guess, are fruit flavored. I mean, they they smell delightful. Uh, so, I, you know, I guess that's part of the attraction for young people who are doing that. It absolutely is, and and that's why one of the lawsuits against Jewel was you know, one of the uh, manufacturers was settled recently for quite a bit of money, and it was. They are enticing. They're making this product attractive to young kids who then get them hooked on it because of the nicotine and again is that going to lead now to increased number of tobacco smokers as these kids age but there's uh it's a big concern right now because really we've gone up we probably doubled the number of, of vapors in uh adolescents and teens yeah I, I hadn't intended on making this a big long segment but as long as we're talking about it i see uh young young people uh with chewing tobacco all the time as well you'll see the you know the round can and uh, they've got a little wad in the on the side of their mouth and you know disgustingly spit it spit it out it's gross <laughs> but i mean that that's even almost like a worse kind of damage that they're doing isn't it absolutely the oral health issue and the number of people with cancers of the mouth and, t- and gum and tongue from tobacco chewing is very high and that's another one i think you know Kids look at baseball players and they look at athletes who are using this on a regular basis and they think that that's cool. And also, just like the vaping, they make these taste better. They put flavoring in them. So not only are they getting the nicotine high from the tobacco, but also the taste is encouraging them to do it again. So concerning um, that that continues to go up, uh, certainly more in the South than up here in the North, um, but but still... uh, Oral tobacco use is really a concern for future cancers down the road. Yeah, oh, just something to uh, to think about. Um, the month of May is Mental Health Awareness Month, which I want to dig into a little bit for a couple of reasons. One, it's a uh, it's an ongoing problem that's not getting any better, but with all the problems of violence that we have uh, all across America and here in the city of Chicago. Chicago. A lot of people are saying that the the core of the violence, the crime, etc., is a lack of uh, mental health treatment. Uh, how bad a problem is uh, mental health uh, right now, and uh, are we in need of more treatment centers for it? Oh, absolutely. And there's you know two sides to that story. There. One is, are we being more aware of mental health, have we re- can we remove the stigma of mental health? I would say no, we haven't. You know, individuals who have depression, we're like, oh, just shake it off. Come on, smile, have a piece of cake. You know, you'll be better. But in fact, we have to understand that depression is just like diabetes. It's just like hypertension. It is a medical illness that needs to be treated, and we need to get away from the stigma of that. That being said, we don't have enough individuals to treat whether it's social workers who are vastly underpaid, psychologists, there's not enough of them, and psychiatrists, we're very, very short. So although we're starting to identify more individuals and trying to get rid of the stigma of mental illness, 
We need to have more support. We need to have more individuals trained to help these people uh, cope with this illness. So how how can we differentiate between simply being a little sad about something or mad about something uh, and actual clinical depression? What's what's the difference? Yeah, when we look at that, and everyone's going to have blue moments. Everyone's going to be down a little bit. Something will happen in their life that's going to make them, I'll say, depressed or make them at least, at least have feelings and signs of depression. But true depression is really one that lasts for almost a good portion of the day and for many days or weeks at a time. So you can feel down about something, but then come back you know, and change pretty rapidly. That's a normal emotional response. But individuals who have depression have those symptoms of hopelessness and you know, low self-esteem. You know, they, they don't want to go and do things that used to be enjoyable to them, whether it's to go to a baseball game or a concert or get outside. You'll see people have weight loss and weight gain. So all of those things when put together show that this is more than just an emotional response to an action, and it really is depression that needs to be treated. Do, uh, when you say needs to be treated, do you go to your physician? Do you need to seek out uh, some kind of psychological counseling? What, what are the paths available to someone who thinks, uh, I'm not able to shake this off, this maybe something more than just feeling a little blue. Yeah. And and there's two things to that. One is the individual's awareness of it, which sometimes doesn't happen, but also it's the awareness of individuals around you to be your support system to say, Hey, I've noticed this. Let's get you some treatment. And treatment can be anything, Dean. I mean, treatment can be something as simple as, you know, massage therapy sometimes works, acupuncture works, but really Getting in to see your primary care physician, whether it be a pediatrician, a family doctor, an internist, for that initial first step, because they will help grease the wheels and they will help set the tone for what's going forward. People often say, well, I I don't have time for this because I can't go and sit on a couch and talk to a psychiatrist because that's the impression that they have about how this is treated. But it's not. We have many new ways. We have many new methods. We have medications. We have telehealth. There's so many opportunities, and it's so worthwhile for individuals who are suffering from depression to get treatment, to get back to a place where they feel good about themselves, increase self-esteem, more interaction with the public and friends, you know, and really it's life-saving. I know uh, several people who uh, say that they enjoy uh, the telehealth sessions that they have with social workers or psychiatrists or, you know, in in some way, a therapist dealing with uh, emotional issues uh, as opposed to going to an office, sitting on a couch, you know, laying on a couch, the traditional kinds of things where you just hop on a Zoom call now or, uh, you know, a FaceTime or something like that. And it's it's simple and uh, seems more relaxing to a lot of people. Absolutely. A couple of things. Now. One, it's more um, appreciative of the individual's time, which makes them feel a little bit better that someone is respecting their time. They can do it in the comfort of their home. You know, going and parking and walking into a psychiatrist's office, you know, you're looking around saying, oh, who's looking at me? Because even the patients have that stigma or that concern of the stigma of, of mental illness. Right. So 
we sit there and say, let's do this in the comfort of your home. It can be one-on-one. You can even do group therapy with Zoom calls right now. And we just have to get to that point that we use every avenue we can to treat these patients because that is what's going to make a change in their life as well as their family and friends' life. Do you think that uh, an increased uh, uh, incidence of mental uh, issues right now in society uh, can contribute to more violent behavior, more criminal behavior. Do you think that there is anything to that where people are saying that, you know, many of the mass shootings are a result of uh, not enough mental health uh, treatment centers around the country? Yeah, I mean, certainly when you get to the extreme of, of doing what some actions individuals who have taken, even after they've shown that they're crying out for help and they're not getting that, that is certainly there. But that's, again... That's in that top, I'll say, 0.5 or 1%. Certainly, those individuals absolutely need treatment, and we need to look for those signs and symptoms and get them the treatment that they need. I also look at a big, much, much larger population that are very functional. They're not going to go off and do something um, such as, you know, shootings or whatever, um, but certainly they are still suffering and need treatment as well. So depression has this huge spectrum. But certainly we are falling short on treatment here and treatment options uh, for patients. And we're really falling short in looking out for each other. If you saw somebody that you knew had chest pain and high cholesterol, was eating inappropriately and smoking, you would guide them and say, hey, you know what? You should probably think about changing your lifestyle. Or depression is more of that silent person that individuals have to look for those signs. And then how do you bring that up in conversation? Hey, I've noticed you're a little bit down. Have you thought about going to the doctor? We're still afraid to do that, and we have to get past that point. Yeah, and, you know, still one of the leading causes of death, certainly of gun violence in America, is suicide. Uh, are, there, are there things that people should look for that might be signs that someone is contemplating suicide? Yeah, you know, suicide, death by suicide, people have to understand that often that individual is going to be looking for help and is going to be reaching out and they're looking for that help. You know, that individual who is now doesn't want to go out, doesn't want to do anything, and you really start to get concerned as they start doing things that are inappropriate, right? You know, they give away their brand new car. Well, that's someone saying, I don't need my car soon because I'm contemplating this. They give away their worldly goods. They stop talking to people. Or they actually go and see people that they haven't seen for a while and have conversations that feel a little uncomfortable, like this may be the last time I see you. Mm. Those are the things that we really need to look for and make sure we reach out to people. There are so many avenues to prevent suicide if we can identify the individuals early enough. And we're not even talking about gun suicide or overdoses. I mean, that's, you know, those are uh, patients who really need help and need it quickly. Yeah, we'll we'll get uh, a uh, uh, website and some phone numbers on the air in a minute uh, if anybody needs uh, any of that. And we'll continue with Dr. Kevin Most. Your questions for Dr. Most, 312-981-7200, talking about mental health. Uh, signs of uh, suicide, uh, there is a hotline uh, that anyone can access 24 hours a day, a suicide uh, prevention uh, hotline, and it's simply 988. Get on the phone and you dial 988. Or if uh, it's easier on the web for you, 
988lifeline.org. 988lifeline.org is the phone number. Arv, you're on WGN with Dr. Kevin Most. Hi. Good morning, gentlemen. I had a quick question regarding smoking. Um, I had gone, I was getting my preliminary kind of questions asked before I go in for my annual checkup. I'm 66, and I smoked, I gave up smoking 35 years ago, but they suggested that I go in for an ultrasound to check for aortic aneurysms. And I don't know if this is legitimate or is it is it something that I should do? So, Arv, when we look at smokers, and I don't know how much you smoked. If you quit 35 years ago, you were 31-ish when you quit. Um, yeah, something like were you that. Heavy, yeah, were you a heavy smoker beforehand? So what we do is we're going to look at a lot of screening tests for individuals because we know the incidence of heart disease goes up. Not only heart disease, but aneurysms as well. The aorta is the major tube that's pumping blood out. And we know that individuals who smoke and smoke heavily can have what we call aortic aneurysms, where there's a weakening of that wall. Now, there's many screening tests for it. A lot of the fast CTs will do that. And you may also be a candidate for lung cancer screening, too, again, based on, on your uh, how much you smoked in your age. So it's not a scam because, really, when we look for aortic aneurysms, by the time we find them, it's a medical emergency. But if we knew that they were there prior, we can then monitor them to see if they're changing, to see if they're getting larger, to a point where you need surgery, not urgently or emergently, but almost electively based on the changing size of the aneurysm. Wow, even that many years later, that many years after quitting smoking, wow, that's amazing. Thank you. Arv, thank you for the call. You're welcome. Appreciate it. Uh, Dr. Most, we always appreciate you joining us with uh, the latest uh, information. We'll uh, look forward to talking to you again next couple of weeks. Thanks, my friend. Yeah, Dean, and at 988, please, everybody, understand that that's not just for people who are considering harming themselves. Certainly that is one thing that they can do, and they can get advice there. But anybody who has questions about suicide, you're talking to the experts. So anybody that says, hey, I'm concerned about somebody, how would I address that? Call 988, talk to those professionals, and you'll save a life. 988 or 988lifeline.org. Dr. Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer, Central DuPage Hospital. Have a great week, Kev. Thank you. Take care, Dean. Started off the show talking about how Andy has uh, kind of, uh, what would you say, backaches? Backaches. Stiff uh, muscles. Yep. He was in the car. He drove his dad back from Florida uh, 20 hours in the car. A lot of fun. So he's uh, he's all stiffened up. And uh, we can't report that both of us made it back in one piece. Well, that's good. And a dog in the car. You and the dog, too. yeah. Buddy the dog was in the car, too. Dog okay? Dog's fine. I think he's the best out of all of us. <laughs> <laughs> it's always the case. Yeah, he showed no ill effects. Dog's life. <laughs> I just want to say that I'm also playing a little hurt today. Okay. I, put, I did uh, some yard cleanup yesterday. And use some muscles that I don't normally use, which would be all of them. <laughs> uh, and so I'm, I'm a little bit. little on the stiff side, are you? A little sore today, too. Yeah. Schwani's giving free massages in the newsroom this morning, which seems incredibly inappropriate. <laughs> Completely. Uh, but our listeners, Andy, have come to your yes. uh, uh, support okay. with some homemade remedies uh, that you might want to try. Okay. Uh, one said mix some camphor oil in coconut oil. Hmm. Boil it for five minutes, store it in a bottle, and massage it where you're sore. Hmm. 
Worth a shot. Seems like it would smell nice. Yeah. I'm all about smelling nice. Yeah, you are. You are probably the best smelling <laughs> person on the show. Nothing personal, Shwani, but... No, never is, is it? Uh, and uh, someone else said, in a bucket of lukewarm water, add a few drops of eucalyptus oil. Hmm. And you, know, you can either take a bath in it or rub it on the areas that ache. Okay. In a warm glass of milk. See, I would be out right there. Yeah. Warm glass. <laughs> uh, warm glass of milk, add a pinch of turmeric and a couple of drops of honey. And it's supposed to get rid of your backache pain. Huh. Who knew? No. Uh, and uh, let's see here. One more. Massage your back with mustard oil. Mustard oil, okay. Mustard oil. Then go have a hot dog. And then go put some <laughs> relish on your back and some onions. <laughs> One of the greatest theme songs of all time. Am I correct in remembering this written by Paul Lanka? You are. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, have you ever listened to the podcast called Smartless? Sean Hayes, uh, Will Arnett, and Jason Bateman. It's a mm. fantastic podcast where they just they interview friends of their celebrities, but uh, it's it's just a really fun uh, chemistry that the three of them have. Paul Lenka was the guest on their podcast talking about his amazing career and songs that he's written for people through the years like this one the johnny carson theme song and there's a reason that i'm playing this but writing my way for sinatra and lots of things so if you're a fan uh paulenka um podcast uh, is is uh, with uh, smartless and something that's worth listening to do you realize that tomorrow will be the 21st anniversary of the final Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. Wow. When he signed off. 21st? 21st. Or 31st? Uh, well, let me think. I think, you, I think you might be right, 31st. Yeah. It was 1992. 92. So that's 31st. Yeah, 31st. How about that? <laughs> wow. Doesn't that seem like just yesterday? And how long has he been gone now? Uh, passed away, you mean? Yes. Probably uh, maybe 10 years. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure when he yeah. passed away. But uh, I, I, I just, it seemed so hard to believe that, uh, you know, it was his final, I remember clearly his final show. His final he just show. came out by himself and talked and reminisced. Sat, sat and, on that stool yeah. and ran some old clips. Yeah. But all the shows leading up to that with Bette Midler. Oh, those were fantastic. Robin Williams. Yeah. You know, people making their final appearances with him who really owed their careers uh, to uh, Johnny Carson. Uh, this is uh, what Johnny Carson said, signing off after all those years as the host of The Tonight Show. And so it has come to this. I uh, am one of the lucky people in the world. I found something I always wanted to do, and I have enjoyed every single minute of it. I want to thank the gentleman who shared this stage with me for 30 years, Mr. Ed McMahon. Mr. Doc Severinsen. You people watching, I can only tell you that it has been an honor and a privilege to come into your homes all these years and entertain you. And I hope when I find something that I want to do and I think you will like and come back that you'll be as gracious inviting me into your home as you have been. I bid you a very heartfelt good night. How about that? Class, 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 class. 
Love that. That's how I'm going to go out, Shawnee. <laughs> you know, you could have quite a fond farewell show with all the people you've interviewed. And, you know, you could pick and choose, which I'm sure would be a hard job to do. Pick and choose your favorite interviews. So I could tell everybody off. And tell everybody off. Tell everybody what I really thought of them. And then tell me or... what you think. Well, I pretty much do that every week anyway. <laughs> you'd have to have Drew Carey calling from yes, Disney World as have, your last guest. Yes, that would be right. one of them. Yes. Yeah. That would be good. Uh-huh. Yeah, that would be fun. Uh, Carson, just that. Uh, do you have favorite Johnny Carson Tonight Show moments? Uh, the, I, have, I have several. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, the uh, one episode when he d- he had come back from vacation and discovered that his uh, cigarette box had been damaged yep. by somebody, and it was Don Rickles yeah, Don that Rickles did it. Broke his cigarette. He case. was not pleased, and people thought, you know, it was just making a joke about it. He he wasn't pleased, and then he found out that Rickles was down the hall, you know, shooting an episode of uh, CPO Sharky, his his uh, failed uh, sitcom, right? and and walked out of the studio down the hall on. TV and and confronted uh, confronted Rickles about it. On, <laughs> Rickles on was set, shocked on the set of his show. Yeah, it was it was shocking. Yeah, it was yeah. The, those spontaneous moments that uh, that's why you stayed up late. I mean, it was it was fun to to watch him do the monologue. He was the first comedian ever that I saw that kind of relished the moments when the jokes didn't work. <laughs> yeah. You know, right. He re, the way he reacted and what he said when things didn't go as he uh you know had planned was was part of his uh, very definite charm. Yeah. Uh, but uh you know moments on moments on the show uh remember when the Burt Reynolds would come on the show and there was one in particular. I don't know what set it off but they got into a whipped cream fight. <laughs> Johnny Carson and, and you know, they they had a, uh, like a can of whipped cream, and Reynolds would put it on Carson, and Carson would put it on Reynolds, and down his shirt, and down his pants. And, <laughs> and, <laughs> hilarious, just some hilarious moments. Yeah, and the uh, the woman from the San Diego Zoo sure. would come in oh, from yeah. time to time, and yeah. you know there would be various critters crawling around on, on the, the desk, on his head, up his arm, on his head, on his head, <laughs> right. Uh, what was her name? Joan Joan Embry. Yep. Yes. Joan Embry. Joan right. Embry. Right. When and when the uh, when the Johnny Carson reruns came to Antenna TV, where you can still watch uh, the Carson reruns, by the way, on our very own Antenna TV, uh, I went to uh, Joan Embry's. Uh, it's basically a farm she's got just outside of San Diego, and talked to her about her visits on the uh the tonight show we went to i went to ted koppel's house because he was one of the few kind of successful competitors against johnny carson when he launched nightline uh back in the day but uh, imagine that you know i go to ted koppel's home Hmm. and there's emmy awards are everywhere he's got like emmy awards like you know most of us have lamps in our house (laughs) uh and you know it's like the ted koppel demeanor that was uh that was really cool um, of course, the famous uh, Ed Ames. Uh, oh yes, Tomahawk yes, throwing. That's a good one, right? Where uh, you know, I guess Ed Ames was was he in a famous Cowboys and Indians show or movie or something? I only know him as a singer, Ed Ames. But uh, wasn't he on Daniel Boone? Was he? Yeah, he yeah. might have been. Not sure, but I mean, he you know Johnny thought you know he's got some. 
some uh, wilderness skills. So they have a tomahawk throwing uh, demonstration. Ed, M- Ed Ames takes the tomahawk and throws it across the studio at a, like a drawing of a man. Uh, and he, throws, <laughs> he throws the tomahawk, and it lands like right in the crotchetorial area. <laughs> <laughs> and the crowd goes wild. Ed Ames is, you know, wants to just take the tomahawk out, and Johnny Carson stops him. And Johnny Carson's line that he has uh, about uh, you know cowboy cowboy moil or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, And the timing was absolutely perfect on it. Perfect. He just waited through the exact second and then went for it, and the audience broke up even further. Or did he say, I didn't even know you were Jewish? Something like that. Something like that. Well, I'll find find the clip, and we'll play it later. But it's uh, uh, magic moments. There was nobody like Johnny Carson. There never will be anybody like Johnny Carson. That timing was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, I remember an episode where, you know, where occasionally there'd be a surprise guest that would come on the show. Oh, yeah. And it was always a big deal. And, you know, so Carson, Carson's on and Bob Hope, uh, you know, comes out and then Dean Martin comes out. And once in a while, I think it was Frank Sinatra. That Frank Sinatra. Would, yeah. uh, you know, and then all of a sudden, George Goble was the final guest on the show. Lonesome George Goble. And he comes out and sits in the chair. The applause dies down. And he goes, Johnny. Did you ever feel like you're a pair of brown shoes? Uh, every, <laughs> the whole world is a tuxedo and you're a pair of brown shoes. Oh, that's good. It's a genius line. You tore the place up. I used to love when Robin Williams would come on. Oh. The place was, it, it, you, you couldn't control it. Yeah. He was crazy. Yeah, he would run, run all over the studio. Yeah. No, there was nobody like Johnny yeah. Carson. He had Mel Brooks on, and Mel was supposed to be one of several guests, but things just got so, you know... Uh, improvisational. Yeah. He just stayed for the whole show yeah, the whole and had thing. to apologize for everybody else that was booked to be on that the never show. Got on that the never show. got on. Yeah. Yeah. Classic moments. Uh, let me open up the phone lines here for a few minutes. Your favorite Johnny Carson moments. Uh, what were they? 312 981 7200. I cannot believe it's 31 years since uh, the show went off the air. And uh, thank you. Somebody texted in that uh, Ed Ames played Mingo. Mingo on uh, Daniel Boone. Uh, but thank you. Frontier Briss is <laughs> what the phrase was that Carson used on that. Hilarious. WGM. Remembering uh, the final appearance by Johnny Carson on The Tonight Show 31 years ago tomorrow. And uh, many of you remembering your favorite Johnny Carson moments when uh, Johnny Carson and Doc Severinsen. We're discussing Thanksgiving and why Doc never got invited to Johnny Carson's house. That was a famous story that they would often tell. Uh, 773 area quote, I often think when Johnny would talk about money and admitted that he made a ton of money and money does not buy you happiness. The 815 area code uh, is remembering a classic when Dolly Parton was on the show and sat in a snug sweater. And Johnny sat with his face in his hand looking at uh, her going, I'd give a week's pay to look under your sweater. It's a classic Carson moment. 
And the other one that I was talking about was this great moment when uh, actor Ed, a- actor singer Ed Ames was uh, on an early Tonight Show giving Johnny a lesson on how to throw a tomahawk. Oh. The uh, overhand it's an overhand throw. The trick is to keep your arm extended, and that way you break the microphone. You know, you keep your arm extended and uh, put only one revolution on the uh, once around, once around uh, on the way. But uh, that's indefinite. All right. right. <laughs> and the audience goes, well done. The tomahawk lands right in the crotch area of this uh, sketch that they've got of a cowboy uh, up on the wall. Ed Ames breaking up laughing, Johnny Carson restraining him from uh, moving at all. I, I didn't even know you were Jewish. <laughs> That's the, the classic line of all time. Jim, you're on WGN. Good morning. Well, I think, good morning, guys. This is great. Uh, I think the angle of the tomahawk probably was the was the key there. But, yes, um, yes, it was. Any, anything, anything with uh, Art Fern, Floyd Art Turbo, and Art Fern would do the uh, bus and cut off if you're driving <laughs> through L.A. ever. It just it automatically automatically comes into your brain that, that that's the case. You, you know? know, isn't that funny? Because I was in L.A. just a few weeks ago, headed to the airport, and what exit do I come to? The Slauson Cutoff. <laughs> Absolutely. It happens all the time I'm there. Absolutely. Every time. Yeah. Well, the other thing I thought was interesting was in that last broadcast, he, he anticipated coming back and doing something else. And that never happened, did it? Right. No, it never did. He, I think they thought that he would come back with special projects or something like a documentary or something like that. And the only appearances that he made on television after leaving The Tonight Show was for his friend, David Letterman. He appeared on Letterman's show uh, a couple of times. Apparently, there was no love lost between him and uh, Jay Leno, but uh, he liked Dave Letterman quite a bit. Now, that that stuff that Letterman does now after the fact is just fantastic on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. uh, My Next Guest Needs No Introduction, I think, is the name of it, right? Absolutely. Yeah, but it it shows what a great interviewer Letterman is, yeah. Good stuff and great memories there. All right, Jim. Have uh, a great day. See you, see you at the Slauson Cutoff. Thank you for the call. <laughs> uh, Shwani, coming up later in the show, we have Mark Hamill. My A-list interview with uh, Mark Hamill. Mm-hmm. Luke Skywalker. Yeah. I'm trying to sound a little more excited. Yeah, I am. <laughs> at least fake excited. Oh, wow, yes. That's better. Oh, wow. Zowie. Zowie. <laughs> yeah. I was going to bring up one more um, thing about Johnny Carson. Oh, sure. About the musical guests he would have. Yeah. And one of his friends was the, you know, one-of-a-kind drummer, Buddy Rich. Buddy Rich. Who would be on, and uh, he would play with the band. And Yeah, he'd play with the band, all right. Sometimes have a drum battle with uh, the uh, drummer, also equally great on the show, Ed 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 Shaughnessy. Shaughnessy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ed Shaughnessy. Man, the people in that band. Tommy Newsom. That was an amazing, amazing. Would you call that a big band? Oh yes, right? <laughs> yes. It was like twenty. That was a big band, right? all right. Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, they were amazing. That was almost like a concert wind ensemble. They were just incredible. I kind of liked, uh, and and we found out when we did uh, interviews uh, with Johnny Carson's nephew, who now owns all the rights to all the Johnny Carson shows. Later, that uh, frequently when you heard the band just play, do a song by themselves. That's when a guest dropped out or something went wrong. 
Oh, so the band would a, fill the time. They then. would fill the time. They, ah. But what a treat it was! Sure, it was. Yes, when uh, Doc and uh, you know, but the Doc and the band got to uh, you know just do a full song. Mm-hmm. I, I always thought Doc Severinsen's head was going to explode <laughs> when he was playing the trumpet. Remember well, because that intensity, the intensity on his face. Of the, and, right. Yeah, yeah, yep, uh, yeah. Everybody's uh, chiming in on this. Uh, the amazing uh, Karnak. Karnak, oh, the, oh, those Karnak were, the Magnificent. Oh, wow. Sis boom ba. <laughs> <laughs> the sound of sheep makes when it explodes. <laughs> Classic. Uh, I hold in my hand the last envelope. <laughs> <laughs> in a mayonnaise jar on Duncan Wagnall's porch. Uh, somebody makes a, an interesting comment. I read I read uh, the, uh, the thing that Johnny Carson did. With Dolly Parton saying that he would like to get a peek under her sweater. Yeah. <laughs> somebody somebody makes a very valid point, 608 area code. Carson was hilarious, but the sexism of the day, uh, including what Johnny said to Dolly Parton, has not aged well. Yeah, that would never fly today. No, today. couldn't do it today. That would never fly today. No. <laughs> uh, okay, that's all that I got. Anything else? Nope, that's it for now. Any more fake enthusiasm? For- <laughs> no. Guess that no. Oh, one of the stars of the biggest movies ever. <laughs> oh, okay, all right, great. Mark Hamill later, and the, one of the stars of the biggest movie of this weekend, Fast and Furious 10, Jason Momoa joining us later as well. You saw the, uh, maybe the original stage version, maybe you saw the uh, original film version from back in 1960. Uh, here, featuring Rita Moreno, uh, is uh, Anita doing the the song "America," a role for which she won an Academy Award, and then Steven Spielberg's remake of West Side Story, and uh, many many stage versions uh, along the way, but perhaps none that will be as magnificent as the one coming to Chicago that will be opening June second at the Lyric Opera House in Chicago. If you've been Listening to the show through the years, you've heard me talk about uh, the great musicals once a year that they stage at the Lyric Opera House. Uh, Big, bold, extravagant productions uh, in this grand, grand theater. And uh, West Side Story is the next one to be performed there. And the show uh, being presented by the uh, critically acclaimed theater and opera director Francesca Zambello, who joins us. All the way from Amsterdam this morning. Francesca, welcome to WGN. Very nice to have you on with us. Hello. Thank you. Thank you, Dean. It's great to be here with you. I'm so excited about the show returning to Chicago. It's one of my favorite shows. These songs are among my favorite songs. And I can only imagine what you have got cooking for us. Uh, come it's, come it's, June 2nd. Uh, it, I loved your intro because it is big and majestic and bold and strong and uh i mean one of the great things about being in the lyric is you can bring all those elements to the stage there and you know really hand them over to the audience big style talk to me a little bit about bringing the show uh, again to the uh, lyric opera because it was here in 2019 i don't remember exactly did it shut down because of the pandemic no, no, no. Uh, we made <laughs> we made it through that, um, uh, uh, but you know, revisiting this show uh, a few years down the road is, I, I think, it's very, very poignant because the issues that 
Leonard Bernstein spoke to about politics of race in America seem to be even more stirring today as we watch the news of the borders and we watch just this morning watching, you know, people flooding through Greece and then at our Mexican border. Uh, And so I don't think he could have ever imagined uh, he or Sondheim or Arthur Lawrence how much this piece speaks to us, you know, this the incredible messages of the piece, but also the joy of the piece. I mean, the joy and the pain. And that's, I think, one of the genius things about this musical. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, a, a story of uh, forbidden love, uh, for sure. But uh, sadly, we're still, you know, facing many of these same issues of uh, ethnic uh, hate, uh, maybe even worse than it was back in the 1950s, the late 1950s and early 60s when the show first uh, made its appearance. So, so wh- how do you take a story like this that's so well known uh, that has uh, been done so many times and breathe something new into it as the show's director, Francesca? Um, well, I think, you know, you, you said something in the beginning of this, which is um, it's about forbidden love. And I think, you know, starting on the personal level, the forbidden love aspect, I think every time we visit this with new couples and new youth, that already, I think, speaks to an audience in a powerful way. Because, you know, we keep rediscovering that. We keep feeling that again. We keep wanting these two people who are from, you know, warring families to come together. It's, you know, it's, of course, it's like revisiting Romeo and Juliet. So I don't. It's not like you need a fresh take. You just need to make sure that you've got the right kids and the right chemistry, which uh, we have. And then I think that the bigger issues surrounding it, um, as we just touched on in terms of immigration, for me now, the piece has become more powerful. And I, I don't think they could have imagined this when they did it because of gun control. Um, the final speech in the piece, uh, which Maria delivers, holding. Uh, uh, a gun in her hands is is a really about how the gun has taken on so much power and prominence and political discussion since this piece premiered. Um, gun control and what it means, it, I think, you know, between that and abortion and immigration are the three biggest issues where we have these incredible divides in the country. And the beauty of this piece, I think, is at the end, there is a kind of reconciliation through pain. And to me, that keeps speaking to us. And of course, as a director, you have to keep mining the piece and bringing that together so that an audience today, I hope, will think about it. Yeah. You know, think about how we treat the others. How do we respond to gun control? How do we respond to people coming over our borders and what are we going to do? Yeah. And you know, this this piece is, is beautiful because it can be a bridge. It can be a, a fulcrum for dialogue. Uh, and I think today as a director, I'm, I'm just perhaps so much more devastated about the issue of, of guns in the hands of, of people, which it definitely was not like that in the 1950s. Yeah. I mean, again, you know, a poignancy that... Uh they could have never imagined would still be going on all these years later. The, you know, an argument that uh, still still would be uh, prevalent today. Uh, you know, normally when you go to see uh, a, you know a pretty good sized musical, 
if a cast has 20, 25 people in it, that's a big cast. You know, and maybe if you're lucky, you get a live orchestra, not a pre-recorded soundtrack. Talk to me a little bit about all of the pieces that uh, you have uh, going on at the same time uh, during this new production of West Side Story that'll premiere at the Lyric Opera House. Um, that, that, that's so important because I think when you do a musical in this setting, the cast, uh, of which are uh, more than 40, um, is, of course, large for a musical, and we're able to do that because it's at the Lyric. Um, Leonard Bernstein's score is heard in this incredibly lush orchestration of a big orchestra. I think it's probably about 50, um, which you which you maybe would have heard when it premiered, but you haven't heard since then. Uh, and then the, you know, the resources of the big stage, even though the setting is, of course, simple um, and it is somewhat updated visually. Uh, it has a very contemporary feeling. Because I think you this that that's a way of reminding people that this story hasn't changed, uh, that these issues are still here. But of course, you've got the big canvas of the lyric stage to fill it with all, you know all these performers, all these characters. And one thing that was important to me in creating this was to go back to the Jerome Robbins choreography, which gives us a chance to revisit not only the genius of uh, the piece, but also how choreography was so incorporated into this writing. Um, And working with um, Joshua Burgassa, who is one of the people designated by the Jerome Robbins estate to revive this choreography, I think think it's so important for people to see this. This is, um, you know, a mix of ballet, jazz, uh, you know, the fights are all choreographed. I mean, when you listen to you know, the inherent uh, amazing jazz rhythms in Bernstein's writing, you know, that was all written around the Robbins choreography. So I think for anyone who has uh, even a vague interest in dance, this is this is a seminal experience. And then to be able to hear it with this cast of all-star music theater performers and actors and dancers uh, is a rare opportunity. I mean, and I, and I do think, listen, I've done West Side Story in teeny, teeny theaters, and it has an enormous impact. I think the impact of this is not only the power of the story and the music, but also seeing these forces brought together to trumpet this story and the meaning of this story and the power of, you know, going back to forbidden love and the issues that are embedded within it. Yeah, uh, your two stars in this show and this ensemble that you've got, uh, Kenesha Marie Feliciano and Ryan McCartan uh, were with me on our WGN TV morning news last week, and uh, they performed and just blew the roof off the place. They were just so amazing, and we'll hear them. Perf- um, yes, go ahead, yeah, please. They're Bra- very no, no, amazing, passionate young couple. Uh, and you'll you'll hear that when we uh, play that performance in just a moment. But uh, you know, I just want to let everybody know this: if there's one show that you're going to see in Chicago, uh, this would be the one. West Side Story, uh, June 2nd through 25th at the Lyric Opera House at 20 North Wacker Drive. You can get uh, info and tickets at lyricopera.org/slash 
West Side Story. What's going on in Amsterdam? What what takes you there? Uh, well, um, actually, I just came from Austria, where I have a, a musical running, Rebecca, running in Vienna, which I was checking up on. And then I'm doing an outdoor theater festival uh, on the Danube River in wow. northern Austria in Linz, wow. um, which is called Klangvolka, which means sound cloud. And I have three barges, about 300 feet long each, that have different shows playing on them. Wow. Uh, and that's later this summer. But now I'm winging my way to Chicago to join up with the cast and the company to work with them for the next two weeks as we build up to the opening. I can't wait. I can't wait to see the show. can't wait to say hello to you, Francesca Zambello, the director of West Side Story, coming to the Lyric Opera House June 2nd through 25th. Safe travels to you, Francesca, and thank you for joining us. Oh, a pleasure. I look forward to seeing you soon and, and being uh, back in Chicago. Thank you. Thank you very much. In just a moment, uh, Tony and Maria sing for you next. 1055 Dean Richard Sunday Morning, our Week in Theater segment, talking about the upcoming production of West Side Story. It'll be at the Lyric Opera House June 2nd through the 25th. And uh, as I said about a week ago over at our WGN-TV studios, I had as my guests Kenesha Marie Feliciano and Ryan McCartan, Maria and Tony, and they sang the classic song tonight.
Excited for this uh, Jeff Bezos Moon Project, Jeff Bezos uh, uh, Blue Origin rocket. Yeah, he was involved with that a uh, little while ago. There but, was, a... but I guess he's been chosen to land on the moon. Is that right? Yeah, that's what I. That's, I, re- I read something like that. We're following that, and uh, you know, uh, next year we've got four astronauts. Uh, one of them from the Midwest that will be going around the moon once again in anticipation of a uh, a real lunar landing. Now, what are they going to do when they uh, get on the moon? What are they going to do? Yeah. Well, they're going to continue. They've, they've already played golf. Up they've there. already they've- played golf. <laughs> They played uh, bocce ball. I don't know what they did. <laughs> they gonna, did play golf. I know though. they left a lot of litter up there. <laughs> they did play golf, and they did leave a few things uh, that were on the moon. But um, they'll continue uh, what we started back in the 1970s. The exploration. Uh, the exploration. Uh, we, we sent a geologist in the last Apollo mission uh, who came back with uh, an astounding a number of astounding amount of information uh, concerning moon rocks. So they're going to continue that. I also believe that this will be setting the groundwork for a long-term mission to Mars. Uh, for when we uh, are able to put uh, people on Mars, you mean? Yes. Okay. You know what they're really going to do, right? Mm. They're going to see if they can get a same-day delivery from Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> A one-hour Domino's pizza delivery. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sitting on the lunar surface. And pointing minutes, and clicking. faster free. <laughs> <laughs> Your package is on its way. Uh-huh. You know what? We're not, probably not too far away from stuff like that. <laughs> right. uh, Blue Origin, the company founded by Jeff Bezos, Amazon, will join NASA's lunar landing program competing against Elon Musk's SpaceX to develop spacecraft intended to bring astronauts to the moon's surface. Yeah, see, there you go. the latest on that. There you go. We're fascinated by this. Oh, yeah. Shwani and I are like like kids in the classroom when they'd wheel the black and white TV. (laughs) Yep. Yep, I got, so I got to stand and hold one of the rabbit ears so the picture would stay steady. No. <laughs> <laughs> that, that explains the electrical current that went through your body. <laughs> Might explain a lot today. Uh, it's cool. It's uh, the whole just the whole thing is very cool. They say that we could uh, have men on the moon, men and women uh, on the moon as soon as twenty twenty eight. Oh, even mm. before, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, you know, and this is. I am anxious to see what you ask. What they're going to do? What are they going to do when they get there? They continue. I heard, exploring. I heard an interview with. Uh, I think it was a NASA person saying that they're going to be doing cancer research in space. Uh, how how does that differ from cancer research on Earth? Zero gravity uh, can do some some things when they experiment with things that we just can't do on Earth. Hmm. 
So the, the zero gravity element, or the difference. moon has one-fifth of the Earth's gravity, okay. which is why when you saw Neil Armstrong and all of them just kind of bouncing around up yep. there, it's because of there's only one-fifth of the Earth's gravity on there. But that has an effect on certain uh, experiments that they're mm. doing. They're already, they've already been doing that with medicine. So when I go have my facelift surgery, I should get it done on the moon? You should get it done on the moon. <laughs> for gra- well, and then we'll see what I it could, looks like when you come back. I could go for some anti-gravity treatment. <laughs> Earlier in the show, I was talking about this new documentary that's out on uh, the life and career of Donna Summer. It's called uh, Love to Love You, Donna Summer. Directed by Donna Summer's daughter that uh, remembers her meteoric impact on the music business uh, back in the 1970s. In the 1980s, like something like 14 number one songs uh, in her career. Uh, I mean, she she ruled the box office. So uh, to have the story of her professional life is one thing. In this documentary, you also get the story of her personal life, which uh, apparently was not so not so cheery. But Andy, we loved this song because it mentioned radio in it, right? All the DJs were like, yeah. ooh. I'm a, I'm a DJ. I'm on the radio. And she I said it on the air. Yeah, she's saying that on the radio. <laughs> instant connection. Uh, good, uh, good, good stuff. I'm trying to imagine Schwanti in, uh, in the middle of uh, a dance floor. Where was the, the, the place you used to go? Poison the Apple? Poison Apple. Yeah. Uh, right on the Illinois-Indiana line. Yeah. Because you could buy smokes and fireworks there and then go you out could, disco it was, it was a time when the legal age was 18. Yeah, you yep. could do it. <laughs> uh, back in the day, but you... Uh, <laughs> trying to imagine you out in the middle of a dance floor with your... Le- what oh, color? with the light... Uh, with le- your leisure suit? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A blue leisure shirt with Bl- the big matching polyester shirt. Mm, that's a good look. And I was a uh, disco DJ a couple of times oh, in college. You? Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What were your favorite songs to spin? Your, oh. Your favorite 12 inches. <laughs> your EP recordings. The EP recordings. Um, well, strictly Stevie Wonder and Earth, Wind, and Fire, although I they wouldn't really classify as real disco stuff like no. Donna Summer or something like that. Right. But uh, the Donna Summer's things, um, there was an actual version, of an instrumental disco version of the music from Star Wars. Do you oh, remember yeah, that? Sure, by the group Miko. Yeah, and there was an EP version of that for those of you. Extended uh, play. Extended play. The 12-inch version. I had that on my KTEL record. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would always get bored with it after about three minutes. <laughs> I, I like short, I like short attention spans. <laughs> so um, I DJed uh, in a, a club one, one literally one time. You did one time. I forget where it was. It was somewhere in the north side. Uh, of course, I was wearing my very fashionable uh, overalls with that, the t-shirt. With the t-shirt because that was my look. Maybe maybe like one strap down because I was feeling <laughs> extra naughty. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> and uh somebody said hey there's that's dean richards from whatever station i was on then probably wfyr right that was that was a right about that era yeah it would be yeah why don't you come up in the booth and uh spin some songs 
<laughs> and back in those days, the poor DJs had to lug around all their music in milk crates. That's act- right. Actual vinyl. That's right. Albums. That's right. And kids, go ask your great grandparents what albums were. They can explain it to you. Uh, but <laughs> it was that's how the the DJs did back then. So you go up in the booth and right, Shwani. I mean, this is probably mm-hmm. what you did too. You go up in the booth, you choose your album cut. You put it. There was one of two turntables that you could put it on. That's right. And uh, you you got it all set to play. So when you push the button, the song would start. That's right. And, uh, yeah, man, I was rocking and rolling. I didn't even have a booth. This was just a set up on a table in a dorm uh, dormitory uh, lounge. Oh, wow. That's where we did it. So, you know, it was uh, just for the for the dorm. But it was uh, one of them uh, was done during a bad snowstorm where, uh, you know, we were all locked in because of a snowstorm. Right. And we just thought, hey, everybody's inside. Let's have, let's we can't go party. out. <laughs> Let's have a dance party, yeah. and we did. We had a lot of fun too. Yeah. Pulled together our our sound systems, yeah. and it was great. Eat some tater tots. <laughs> Actually, it was a bunch of uh, bunch of Domino's pizza. <laughs> they could get through. The delivery guys could get they through. Always Everybody could. else, yeah. Well, I was uh, you know I don't want to brag in my sexy uh, overalls that I had on. Because I was really, I I was all the entertainment that most people needed just to get a a good look at me with, you know, I had flowing hair back then. Uh, My lamp, my, (laughs) my, my lamp job sideburns. I had those. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure I was reeking of high karate cologne. (laughs) I was a big cologne wearer back in the day. Why was that? Did you guys do that? Did you, were you cologne wearers back in the day? Uh, probably oh. senior year in high school, freshman year in college, yes. Yeah, and then I was told, uh, no. Dracar Noir. Yeah. I wore Dracar Noir. Yeah. Dracar Noir. Uh, I, I was a big on gray flannel. Ooh. That was a good one. Uh, what else did I wear back then? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I didn't want to overdo it in sexiness. I figured, you know, just my look with, with the overalls <laughs> it was good enough. That was intoxicating enough. <laughs> but I got in that booth, and I was laying down the Casey and the Sunshine Band. That was another one we had, yes. Shake, shake, shake your booty. Yeah, that's the way I like it. Uh-huh. That was huge. Uh-huh. That's the way, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. I like it. Uh-huh. Donna Summer, of course. Mm-hmm. I liked uh, her song, I Feel Love. I Feel Love played that one. Yeah, because yep. it had that like relentless beat. Mm-hmm. That, was, that got people up on the dance floor. Yes, it did. Uh, what else was I playing back then? Oh, YMCA. Sure. Oh, yeah. Village y- People. YMCA. Yeah. You had to play your Village People song. Macho Man. Macho Man, mm-hmm. yeah. And then some girl came up to the booth and was flirting with me, and because uh, she wanted me to play Barry Manilow song, which would you know kill the whole atmosphere. Oh yeah, but something like Weekend in New England. That's what she something. wanted. Is that what she wanted? Yeah, and yeah. I was trying to impress her, so I played the Barry Manilow song, and like everybody was booing me. <laughs> <laughs> what you should have played? I was like, wait a minute, I'm wearing overalls. You can't boo me. If, you know, at a disco, and she wanted Barry Manilow. What you should have played was Copacabana. Yeah, that might not have been out then. Oh no. Boy, that goes way back then. It was probably mid Oh, that's right. You're older than I am. It's, 
<laughs> Somebody pointed wow. out to me that when you say that, that you're age shaming me <laughs> and that I should sue you. I'm surprised you haven't done that already. That I, I may have a, some uh, legal case against you for age discrimination, age <laughs> even though you're right. <laughs> even though I hate to admit it, you're right. Um, yeah, I don't think Copacabana was out then. This is more mid seventies, I think. That oh, was, okay, yeah, that would that was late seventies. But I took my one spin at uh, that was late seventies disco DJing. Yep. You remember the Andrea True connection? More, more, more. 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 Yeah. How do you like it? How do you, how do you how like, do you like it? it? Mm-hmm. I always sound like three old guys. <laughs> stinking in Aramis cologne. <laughs> Hi, karate. Polo? Did you guys? Oh, polo, yeah. polo. Polo, good stuff. If it was on sale at Walgreens, I bought it. <laughs> That's how I judged my cologne. Is it cheap and at Walgreens? <laughs> I made most of my major fashion choices at Walgreens. Including the overalls? Uh, well, I, th- I think I got those in the Husky <laughs> those- Boy department at Sears. <laughs> but the, I may have gotten the gold chains at Walgreens, though. <laughs> okay, that's fair enough. No. <laughs> Ah, it's fun to reminisce, isn't it? Ah, living in the past, isn't it fun? Oh, I feel young again. Yeah. Do you? (laughs) You're going to be shocked when I come in here on overalls Sunday morning. (laughs) You're going to look at me and go, you you are sexy. You really have those. You are sexy. Do you still have them? No. You don't have them? I don't think so. Well, then you'll have to go... Um, you'll have to go find another pair. Where of do you get overalls these days? Who knows? I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure I paid like way too much money for them at uh, the Husky <laughs> like department. Mad- at, at Might have Sears. been the Husky department. <laughs> Did a lot of shopping <laughs> the Husky Boy department at Sears. <laughs> you know who might have them? Seriously, uh, you know a Walmart or something. They, uh, a place like that might have them. Probably the sell work clothes. Yeah. Because I don't think they're fashionable anymore, are they? No. Like, I don't for, think like so. for fashion fashion? No. <laughs> I can't I'm still <laughs> laughing. Overalls at a disco. <laughs> All right, settle down, polyester. <laughs> you weren't much better than I was. All right, coming up in our next half hour, my A-list interviews with the stars today, including Luke Skywalker himself, actor Mark Hamill talking about his new movie and also a WGN memory of his from 1977. Also today, we've got the star, I think the breakaway star of the new Fast and Furious movie, Fast 10, uh, Jason Momoa, talking with us uh, in our next half hour. And uh, Shwani, Andy, just as a way of uh, update a little bit, thank you to everybody texting in that I can buy overalls at Farm and Fleet. Ah, I went on their I went on their website. Uh, you can not only buy overalls there, but they've got a lot of cool stuff there. Uh, I can buy a trampoline there. <laughs> Another great so show idea. Another trampoline great show in the idea. backyard wearing the overalls. Funny, how much money would you pay me to get on a trampoline? <laughs> About thirty-five cents. <laughs> And I can buy live chickens there also. (laughs) Not a lot of stores where you can buy overalls, a trampoline. Trampoline and live chickens. Chickens, ducks, geese, turkeys, and Guinness. Mm. Bird Guinness. Sounds like a great afternoon. Yeah. 
So find value at the Farm and Fleet. Eleven thirty sixteen Richard Sunday morning on WGN. Time for our A-list interviews with the stars. Interviews you will not hear on any uh, radio station anywhere in Chicago. Uh, yeah, the uh, looks like the fat new Fast and Furious movie is going to be a hot number one uh, movie at the box office. It's funny people criticize this movie as you know just being complete fluff, and maybe it is. But boy, people sure like them. Uh, I mean, I wasn't crazy about this new Fast and Furious movie, but it is what it is. I mean, I don't I don't go to look at a movie like this. And judge it the same way I would judge, uh, you know, a serious uh, movie, you know, Schindler's List or something like that. Uh, It's a complete popcorn movie, and it is nothing but car chases and explosions and, you know, just exactly what you'd expect from uh, a Fast and Furious movie. It's far and away the number one movie of the weekend. Uh, They're expecting it to take in $67.5 million dollars. When all the counting is done by the end of today, uh, and uh, moving down to the number two spot is Guardians of the Galaxy right now. Super Mario Brothers at the moment is the number three movie of the weekend. Book Club, the next chapter, and Evil Dead Rise rounding out the top five movies so far of the weekend. Uh, probably is not going to change that much you know, as the weekend goes on. I did say in my review, while the movie is predictable and really doesn't offer very much that's new, uh, there aren't really any moments of like super spectacular effects or anything like that, in my opinion, at least anyway. Uh, and by the way, if you disagree, if you saw the movie and you've got another opinion, uh, I would love to hear your review of it, 312 981-7200. Pretty universally, everybody is agreeing that Jason Momoa steals this movie. He's the bad guy in the movie. And he's not your average garden variety bad guy. He is uh, just pure evil. He is vengeful. He is heartless. Uh, But he's playful. He's childlike. Uh, he, he reminded me a little bit of Heath Ledger's, uh, in the dark night, that kind of, a completely horrible criminal, uh, but one that is kind of funny and makes you laugh and, uh, does silly and childlike, uh, things. Uh, when I talked with Jason Momoa on a zoom chat last week, uh, that, uh, happened to be one of the things that we talked about. I can't even tell you how many times. Uh, it made me think of Heath Ledger in Dark Knight, oh, wow. this wild, over-the-top uh, character bad guy that you play uh, in this movie was just, it, it just in my mind, I was like, this is the most delicious part that I've seen in such a long time. It had to be so much fun to play this role. It was an absolute, I could not believe that they let me do what I got to do. And they constantly kept encouraging me to do more. Our director, Louis he just was amazing and he kept letting me do more and more. I don't know if I'm not sure what's in the movie, but man, there's some stuff I did that I, gosh, <laughs> pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty out there. So, um, but that's the thing is like, they trusted me and uh, it's the first time I've actually really had someone let me just go wild. And so that was fun to be supported and, and to go that, 
loopy. But that compliment is is wonderful. But uh, that performance by Heath is probably one of the greatest in cinema history. So I mean, it's it's nice for you to say, but that guy's that guy was amazing. Yeah, I'll tell you, Heath Ledger certainly deserved the Academy Award that he wound up getting posthumously for his role in that movie. But uh, if you see this movie, if you do wind up seeing this movie, uh, see see what you think. I mean, it's a completely different kind of bad guy. And while the rest of the movie is incredibly predictable, uh, the uh, Jason Momoa character really stands out. Rita Moreno is in the movie. Um uh, who else? Uh, Helen Mirren, Dame Helen Mirren, is in the movie. I mean, there 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 are a few surprise cameos uh, in here. Originally, this was going to be the final Fast and Furious movie. There have been ten of them already. This was going to be the final one, but uh, Vin Diesel uh, let it slip at a uh, on a red carpet this past week that there are going to be at least two more Fast and Furious movies. And when you go to see this movie, stay for the end credits. There's credits in the, there's a, an extra scene that's in the middle of the credits. And then there's another scene that's at the very end of the credits uh, that will give you some hints as to what might be happening sometime in the future for this uh, franchise. One of the other things that surprised me, and this is a little bit visual, but I'm going to explain this to you. When I got on the Zoom call with uh, Jason Momoa, you know, he's kind of famous for this lion-like mane of hair that he's got. I mean, he's a big guy anyway. I've met him several times in person. He's, you know, probably 6'5", 6'7", something like that. Uh, You know, incredibly muscular and this big uh, head of hair, mane of hair, like a lion has. It's been his trademark. So when he pops up on my Zoom screen, the hair's gone. Shaved all the hair off, at least on the sides anyway. Turns out that he shaved the sides of his head and in the back had uh, one braid, one thick braid that went down uh, almost to the middle of his back. Uh, And he tattooed the side of his head. In addition to shaving the sides of his head, he tattooed the sides of his head, which is uh, why I reacted this way when he popped up on my screen. Look well, at sir. you. Look at you with that the haircut. Wow. Oh, yeah. I'm playing uh, um, uh, 1790s. I'm in the, um, Hawaii. Uh, I think that you are now my furthest away Zoom chat that I've ever done. You uh, are? Are you in New Zealand, Australia? Where? Where I'm are you? New Zealand right now. Yeah, I'm on the North Island in Auckland. And and you're making a film there. I'm making a TV show. Yeah, it's called Chief of War. It's a show for Apple. I hate to be obsessed with your hair, but it's it's kind of traumatic for a guy. Holy smokes, I didn't even see that part. Uh-huh. I thought you just trimmed it all down real short. So really you didn't cut your hair that much really. It's well, just no, it's, it's just braided on, up. Yeah, it's shaved on the sides and then it's just braided and uh yeah, it's like a mohawk. Back when I had hair, if you cut it uh like super short from long, it's a little bit traumatic for a guy. Was yeah. was, was this for you at all? That's pretty radical difference for you. It is, yeah. And then I had my head tattooed. So it's like that was even more, you know, crazy. Yeah, he likes that. But guys, you know, and women, you probably know, you know, if you go from one, you know, very sizable kind of hair at one point, you get it all chopped off. It's dramatic. You know, it takes a little 
like dealing with it uh, once once that's over with. But uh, you know, hey, crazy kid movie stars guess they can do whatever they want with their hair, right? Uh, the movie is in theaters right now. It's rated PG thirteen. I gave it a Dean's List B, despite the fact that uh, most of it was you know very very predictable and routine. Uh, Jason Momoa, to me, single handedly. Uh, made this movie, so I really like that. A movie that's going to be opening, uh, I believe it's next Friday, is called The Machine, and stars uh, Burt Kreischer, who's a very funny stand-up comedian, uh, whose father in this movie is played by Mark Hamill, the actor who gave us Luke Skywalker in the three original Star Wars movies. And uh, was it one or two of the ones that came later? I can't remember now. But we had a chance to uh, talk with them and uh, remember a very special WGN moment with Roy Leonard uh, uh, from 1977. That is coming up for you next. And I have goosebumps right now. This song gives me goosebumps. I remember the first time that I saw Star Wars. Uh, a friend of mine back in the day uh, says, uh, hey, have you heard about this new space movie that's out? And I had heard about it, but I hadn't seen it. I wasn't, you know, like one of the first out there to see Star Wars. It's like, no. So we went over to, I was uh, working at the time, I was working at a... Uh, uh, small AM station in Aurora called WMRO and uh, so you know we're out in the Fox Valley area and uh, this friend of mine and I go to uh, the theater I believe it was the Ogden Theater on uh, Ogden Avenue the middle of the day we go to a matinee of Star Wars and my mind was blown when this music came up and the words started scrolling on the screen, something like we had never seen before, and all of the action and all of the adventure and everything that was that first Star Wars movie, my mind was completely blown uh, when I saw it and couldn't wait for the second one, uh, Empire Strikes Back, to uh, come out. The subsequent Star Wars movies, I've been a fan ever since. Before we get into my little interview here with uh, Mark Hamill, can I, I just want to ask you to jump on the phone line. Tell me your first Star Wars experience. Did some of you, do you remember exactly the theater where you went? Exactly the experience? Exactly what was going through your mind when you saw Star Wars for the first time? 312-981-7200. I'll get to your calls in just a quick second here. So, you know, to talk to Mark Hamill is, uh, you know, kind of a fanboy dream come true. Because uh, I was... Uh, I still am a, a pretty big Star Wars fan, but uh, not like back in the day. <laughs> I was, I was a little. If, if I had interviewed him back then, I would have been. Uh, remember when you remember when you fought off the? the you know, I would have been uh, like that. Uh, I was able to at least have a little decorum to me this time when I talked to him. Uh, but what I what we talked about his new movie, which by the way is called The Machine. He co-stars, he plays the estranged father of comedian Bert uh, Kreischer in the movie, who they get pulled to Russia, uh, back to the Soviet Union. Uh, for, and they, his, he, the Mark Hamill character, the father, is uh, kidnapped. Uh, and it's a kind of funny uh, comedy. But, of course, you're talking to Mark Hamill, you got to talk Star Wars. And fortunately, he doesn't mind doing that. But 
uh, what I did was had a picture that we display at WGN TV. And it's a picture in the garden outside uh, in back at WGN TV in the in the like little patio area of uh, my predecessor, the great Roy Leonard, who was the entertainment guru for 31 years here on WGN uh, with Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher. And, uh, you know, they're having a little Roy's got the double WGN microphone and they're outside on patio furniture, which, by the way, we still have at WGN TV after all these years. <laughs> I don't know what brand that patio furniture is, but it has really lasted <laughs> after all these years. Uh, they're sitting outside having a nice little interview. And we have a, a photograph of it. Uh, it's a really cool picture. You can find it online. So I sh- showed the picture to Mark Hamill and wondered if by any chance he had any recollection whatsoever of that day. This is a photo that we proudly display at our TV station, yeah. WGN. It's you, Mark, uh, you, uh, Harrison, and Carrie, right. along with our former entertainment reporter, Roy Leonard. I know you've taken a million pictures since then in 1977. Do you have any recollection whatsoever of that first publicity tour? Oh, sure. Because we went out on that tour before the movie opened. And I think we went to Vancouver first. And then while we were on the road, it opened. And we landed in Chicago. And I, I said to Harrison and Carrie, I said, look, there's all these people at the airport. There must be somebody famous on the plane. We were looking around for like an athlete or a movie star. And then I saw, Gary, look, that, that girl, she's got the buns on her. And Harrison, there's somebody in the vet. There were people dressed like us. So that was the first time we thought, this is beyond what we expected. We wanted it to be popular, obviously, but for people to go, and they had homemade lightsabers, so they hadn't made any merchandise yet. I thought this is beyond anything we could have expected, but it was a thrill. But we had no idea. I had no idea that the crowds were for us. I thought it must have been, it had to be for somebody else. But that was a thrilling time. It was the last time we all went out together, by the way, the three of us. By the time Empire came down, they sent us all separately. So I sort of missed that. Harrison, we called the publicity sheriff because he would give us notes after every interview. Carrie, that was funny. Mark, you were a little glib with that answer. He was the boss. I love that. And uh, we are very proud to say that we still have that exact same patio furniture uh, oh right very good wgn so if you ever come to visit us again you can sit in the well wgn was a staple of when i was living in new york doing theater so it's a great station and uh, you might have been doing the honeymooners reruns of i can't remember exactly but i love independent television stations at one point we did yeah yeah they're chasing me out of here guys thank you so much thank Thank you Yeah, it's so fun to talk to Mark Hamill. And isn't it funny how he remembers uh, that uh, the visit to WGN was when they realized that Star Wars was becoming a thing Uh, that, uh, you know, up until that point, you know, they were just three actors in a a space movie. But then by then they realized that uh, it was something uh, much more. Uh, once he hit Chicago uh, back in the the day with that. And many of you, like me, remembering 
your you know your first Star Wars uh, experience. Uh, Christine in Bucktown, it says here on the phone, uh, saw it in 1977 in Dallas, Texas, North Park Cinema, big screen, 14 years old, and then we went to lunch at the Magic Pan Crepe Array. <laughs> Remember, I don't. Are Magic Pan still open? I don't know, but. Uh, that that was a big deal, 70s kind of restaurant. Uh, here's the 312 area code. I saw Star Wars in a theater in Omaha. Had to leave a half an hour into the movie because of a tornado warning. And went back the next night to finish seeing the movie. Loved it because I had no idea how it was going to end. Uh, here's another one from 847. Dean, don't hate me, but I saw the first Star Wars movie and it did nothing for me. Never saw another one after that. I, I do like Star Trek. Yeah, there's a, something to be said for that. I know people who have never seen a single Star Wars movie. I mean, it's just not their cup of tea. There's something for everyone out there. Um, let me see here. Oh, here's someone like me. Saw it at the Ogden Six Theater in Iroquois Mall. Yeah, I know that's where I saw it, the Ogden Six Theater out there. 630 uh, area code. Some good memories from you and also from Mark Hamill. We'll show you the interview on uh, television. We've got it coming up this week on our WGN-TV Morning News. Wow, people really have specific memories about seeing Star Wars for the first time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, uh, you know, I asked about it in the previous uh, half hour, and people are calling and texting in uh, specific memories. Someone went to see the movie and then went to the uh, Magic Pan Crepe Array. Oh, my goodness. Remember that place? Yes. Yes, I do. Remember that place? Yes. Uh, uh, let's see here. I liked that. I liked Magic Pan. That I, was a fun place to go. Well, it was different. Yeah. Yeah, it was different. Uh, 219 area code. I saw Star Wars in Dayton uh, with my brother who was in the Air Force. And then, let's see, May 4th, like May the 4th be with you, (laughs) uh, I saw it again at the Vickers in Three Oaks, loved it, but in 2023, it seemed hokey. I haven't seen the original movie in a long time. I would imagine the effects, you know, the effects were so primitive back then, but blew our minds. Well, it did. But, but, you know, you have to look, put this in perspective, though. That was paving the way for all of the uh, special effects that we now expect, you know, in a movie yeah. like that. Yeah. Well, Not to mention the music. For me, wow. John Williams. Amazing. <laughs> right. Yeah. Incredible music. And not the uh, joke John Williams, the other John No, Williams. no, no. We're not speed talking joke. speed jokes here. We're talking speed joke John Williams. <laughs> no. We're talking the other guy. Yeah. Um, seven, seven, three, my friends and I went to the Eden's Plaza Theater. An hour before movie time, it was already sold out. We sat in the parking lot and waited for the next no. showing. <laughs> How about like specific memories, though? Yeah, right. Yeah, right. It's amazing. I remember uh, my first time seeing it, the River Oaks Theater, oh, which was yeah. the you know kind of the the kind of cutting edge uh, state of the art theater uh, for the south uh, sure. suburbs. There. That was a big deal. Near South Side, the seats, the uh, screen itself, the sound system. You know yeah. what I liked after you saw a movie at the River Oaks Theater? You, you went to Barnaby's. Barnaby's on yeah, Torrance right, Avenue. Right. That's right. <laughs> or you went north to the Grapevine and got pizza there. That was in Burnham. Yeah. Try to sneak a beer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's go there. They'll serve us beer. 
just kind of put your head down and say, God, I'll have a... Dean, you order it. You have a deep voice. <laughs> I got that all the time. Did you? You you, you place the order. You, you do it. You sound older than us, <laughs> which is what you're still telling me. <laughs> uh somebody it's sums, not just sounding older. somebody okay <laughs> shut up uh 574 area code where is that 574 don't area. know hmm. not sure never seen that before it's uh, one of those new ones uh new fandangled numbers yes uh sums it up i think star wars is our ages wizard of oz you know what? That's a good you know analogy. I mean? That's a very interesting. Yeah. It was kind of transitory for me because I went from like goofy Don Knotts and Jerry Lewis movies to like Star Wars. Yeah. And then I think my tastes mm-hmm. completely changed back then. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. You like pizza? Oh. What do you think? Love pizza. It'd be nice if we had some pizzas to eat right now, and then just continue to reminisce about the movies yeah, that we, we saw. Even have to talk. <laughs> oh, that would be just fine. How about if we? <laughs> how about if we just one week we order pizzas for everybody and just munched on the air? We turn the microphones on and we really don't say anything. Talk with our mouths. All full. you do is hear us burping and. <laughs> What is your favorite? And you get text saying this is the best show yet. This is the most interesting show you've ever done. Finally, finally, some intellect on Sunday morning. No more vast wasteland on Sundays. Uh, what is your favorite pizza? What's your favorite toppings on pizzas? A uh, me offhand? Yeah, I uh, asked. Uh, I asked producer Jack, and he said as much meat as you can put on. Yeah, yeah. Um, pepperoni. What did, you, what did you say you like, Jack? Uh, pepperoni, sausage, bacon. Oh wow! As much as you can put on wow. anything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, pepperoni, mushrooms, and uh, green peppers. Mm. Peppers are good. And for a veggie pizza, uh, black olives mm-hmm. and uh, spinach. Yep. Love a spinach pizza. My go-to pizza, although Jack's pizza sounds really good mm-hmm. with all the meat, <laughs> but my go-to pizza: green pepper, mushroom. And feta cheese. Oh, yes. That's yeah. That's a good combo. In place of uh, uh, mozzarella cheese, you uh, put no, the feta? No. Or, with, or in addition? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to. I'm not, I'm not trying to stave off a heart attack at all. <laughs> no, of course <laughs> I not. I don't mind if you got to go. Go no. with a piece of pizza in your <laughs> right. hand. Fat content, sodium yeah. content. That's just My blood fine. pressure's my blood pressure. <laughs> Um, <laughs> we'll invite Dr. Most to come on when yeah, we have you go. That's we, who we should have on yeah. with us when we're eating our bad food. <laughs> so if something happens to one of us, he can, can administer last rites to us. Uh, the reason why I ask about the pizza is because uh, I'm going to be making pizzas on the grill this coming Wednesday on TV. And I'm trying to come up with, like, what kind of toppings should I do? I'm going to do, I think I'm going to do Jack's Pizza. And see how much, just nice. how much stuff I can put on the pizza. What, what, what was it, Jack? Pepperoni, sausage, and bacon? Yeah. Whoa. Throw it all on there. That's a heart attack. I want to put on... Ground some, beef, too, I'm just gonna, for oh, good yeah. measure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I, I, well, you got the ground sausage, but yeah, ground yeah, beef true, would be good. True. Chicken, I, maybe? I'm thinking... You want more meat? Oh, yeah. Like, uh, like prosciutto, some maybe salami, 
something like that. Oh, that's, prosciutto. That's sort of like a, a pepperoni, right? Sausage. Well, in a way, it's made differently. It's cured. I'm going to put on uh, as much meat as I possibly can. I'm going to go like wild with the meat yeah. in honor of Jack. Nice. <laughs> um, but I'm looking for some other uh, pizza topping ideas. 312-981-7200. We'll get to that. Very nostalgic morning around here today. I'm remembering uh, Donna Summer on the show today for this new documentary that's out on HBO and HBO Max that's called Love to Love You, Donna Summer, about her life and career and uh, really much that we did not know about her personal life. Uh, But, man, it remembers all of these fantastic songs. If you grew up with uh, Donna Summer music and going to the the clubs back in the day, the, the, you know, the discos, you probably danced to uh, Donna Summer's music this was my song here Schwanny. when i the the one t- one and uh, only time that i was a disco dj spinning the tunes this was the one spinning the tunes i would this was like my signature one now i i'm trying to imagine you on the dance floor with the disco ball and the lights going yeah and the uh, overalls and my overalls yeah. my disco with overalls. the one with the one strap, one strap down down because it was extra sexy that Because you way. thought it was sexy. You're jealous of me. <laughs> <laughs> my ugly 70s outfit is And my bad polyester than... shirt. We were, we were quite the pair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this was... When I put this on, the, they, everyone jump on the dance floor. Back in the day. It's just spinning around for no reason. <laughs> Bouncing up and down. Bouncing up and down. <laughs> like crazy. All the Farrah Fawcett hairdos. There were a lot of those around, too. Yeah. There, there was, were a lot of those. That was popular back then. And uh, let's see, later in the 70s, early 80s, three-piece suits. You had the vests. Mm-hmm. I saw that, too. You know, if they really got dressed yeah. up. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, that was Saturday Night Fever. Saturday Night Fever, right. Uh, that's why, I. I mean, literally... I, I have to bring it up. It's probably online someplace if someone wants to dig around to find it. That's your problem. But <laughs> there is a picture, my very first publicity picture that I ever took for my first radio station. I was dressed. I modeled all my clothes. Yep. And with, my, with the necklace, with the jewelry. The, I have the gold chain. Yep. I wouldn't say a necklace because that sounds like my grandmother bought it at Walgreens. <laughs> but... <laughs> But it was my, it was my gold chain that turned green pretty much after I started wearing it. <laughs> they told me it was real gold at Woolworths. <laughs> um, white three piece suit. I've uh, seen that picture. Gold chain. I know that picture very well. Uh, I spent about a half an hour blow drying my hair, <laughs> styling my hair perfectly, and spraying it. Because, you know, it was going to be in the picture, so it had to be perfect. Oh, that's right. That was another thing. Hairspray. Hairspray for men. Yes. Yep. Uh, and I had the uh, tinted uh, aviator glasses. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm telling you, just nothing but a big ball of sexy. You played my favorite song, though, of the morning last hour. Which one was that? Born to be Wild. Oh, yeah. Steppenwolf. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. I played that at a disco, and they told me to leave. Yeah. Yeah, that's like when I played the Barry Manilow song. <laughs> it's like, what, what's the crazy DJ doing playing the Barry Manilow song? You just say it's the slow dance song of the evening. 
Which it would have been. They they almost killed me. <laughs> it, that may that maybe that's what ended my that ended your DJ my gig disco as, career. Uh, my one night as a disco DJ. <laughs> Well, it wasn't the overalls. It was the Barry Manilow slow song. Well, I'll tell you what. If there's a picture of me in my disco uh, overalls, these were white overalls that I had. Uh, <laughs> oh, they were white? They were white. <laughs> I'm picturing blue denim. No. They were white. No, these were white. These were not intended to be, you know, like working overalls. These were like sexy overalls. <laughs> You had to wear a contrasting color with the T-shirt, though. They did. Okay. It's probably blue. Blue. Okay. Probably blue, because that brought out my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody just ended up being on the other side of the room when when you were there. Oh no! Oh no! No no! No! Don't try to diminish my <laughs> total sexiness. <laughs> Um, oh, and by the way, I went on the farm and fleet. Uh, I asked where can where can even where can even buy uh, over. And then we had an ad for them not five minutes after you uh, mentioned it. Well, I like to support our sponsors. Perfect timing. Um, and uh, as I said, for the next tree time broadcast, I'm going to wear uh, overalls. <laughs> uh, and uh, now I know where to go get them. Did you find them online? Uh, you know, I've never been to a farm and fleet store. It I looks, haven't either. It looks like a cool store. We should do the show from there too. They, they <laughs> ride around on lawnmowers. They have. We could get a tractor. Get we a tractor. Even, we don't have to stop at lawnmowers. We can buy an actual tractor, <laughs> and uh, you can buy live chickens there. As I've mentioned, you can buy a trampoline. <laughs> uh, food. You can buy food. You can buy. Find everything you want at Farm and Fleet. There you go. <laughs> like to support our sponsors. <laughs> Uh, okay, so anyway, that's that's that. So on our food time show today, I'm looking for some ideas for pizza toppings. I've mentioned how easy it is to do pizza on the grill before. You don't need fancy pizza ovens. You don't need a lot of fancy schmancy stuff. It's so incredibly simple. I'll go down the basic way to do it uh, coming up in a few minutes. But Schwani, what did you mention your your toppings of choice? Oh, very simple: pepperoni, mushroom, and green pepper. Yeah, that's delicious. Yeah. That, that is one delicious pizza right there. Uh, Producer Jack, uh, uh, he's an all meat uh, on his pizza kind of guy, uh, and I found a, a recipe that uh, is perfect for him: ground beef, uh, sausage, Italian sausage, sausage, uh, pepperoni, bacon, and ham. Five different meats. Perfect. On there. Five different meats. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, so I, th- I think I'm going to do, that's going to be one of them that I do. Because uh, that's, uh, wow. <laughs> Larry Potash is going to have a heart attack. And I don't mean from eating the pizza. <laughs> Just that much meat on a pizza. He won't go. Are you going it. to wear the overalls when you cook the pizza? Maybe I will. Okay. Maybe. <laughs> I don't want to singe anything important. <laughs> Can't get too close to the fire that way. <laughs> but you know what? Somebody told me about pizza topping that I'm curious to try. Listen to this. Uh, gorgonzola or blue cheese with blue berries on a pizza. Now, you would have to try that. I'm, I'm trying to, in, you know, 
They imagine t- that. They tell taste. me. They tell me that the tartness of the blue cheese and the sweetness of the blueberries together roasted on a pizza is delicious. Well, I like blue cheese. I like bl- and I like and I love too. blueberries. I like both. Yeah, yeah. So I might try it. I might give that a try. And uh, I think I'm, I'm probably going to maybe maybe I'll do a test run of that tonight. <laughs> a test run. A test run at home mm-hmm. before I do it on TV and see how I like it. Okay. Want to come over? All right. I'll be over. I don't want to be the only one to get sick. <laughs> Both of us call in sick tomorrow morning. <laughs> right, with blueberry stains all, all over our face. Getting ready to talk some pizza here on our Food Time Show on WGN. Food Time is Chicago Radio's only cooking and dining show. And it's coming Wednesday on WGN TV Morning News. Because we're getting ready to head into the Memorial Day weekend. Everyone's going to be out grilling. Going to do uh, some of my favorite things to do on the grill, and that is grilled pizza. So incredibly simple. Uh, if you want to start and make your own dough, God bless you. You're more adventurous than me. Uh, you can buy the dough, you know, pre-made, of course. Spread it out into the pan. Put some oil down in a pan. Put the, uh, you know, spread the uh, dough out. Oil the dough, and then put the toppings on. Throw it in the oven or or on the grill. Uh, some people like to use a pizza stone. I do not especially. Sometimes I do, but uh, almost always, you know, because I have a, a a gas grill and I light one of the burners all the way on the left and one of the burners all the way on the right and I leave the center without any flame. So in other words, the heat is actually sort of rotating through the cavity of the oven itself, but it's not directly under the dough. So if you're starting off with, you know, your own dough, just put that on the grill. It only takes about seven minutes or so, really, for the whole thing, for the the dough to bake, for the cheeses to melt, the toppings to incorporate, etc. If you really want to make it easy, and this is what I do on TV, just because, you know, there are time issues on TV. We've got to get things going kind of fast. I use those pre-made crusts, uh, like the bobbly crusts. I I use the thin ones. Uh, they have other ones that are even more thin than that, but I I find that even with indirect heat, that those uh, crisp up a little too fast. The bobbly thin crust is about right. And what I do is I take the crust, put some olive oil on it, olive oil side down, just very briefly to brown one side of it. And then when it gets just very slightly brown, I take it off. I turn it upside down, so now the side that I just browned is facing up, and then I put the toppings on the brown side, because I'm going to put it back on the grill, and I want the bottom side to brown up a little bit with the toppings on the side that I already toasted a little bit. So, you know, I am I usually do margarita pizzas, a uh, little pasta sauce, uh, you know, or pizza sauce uh, as a base, uh, freshly cut tomatoes uh, go on there. Freshly cut mozzarella cheese goes on there. I, d- I don't put the basil on right away. I put the basil when it's done because otherwise it'll uh, burn up. Uh, some, you know, some spices like uh, uh, oregano, uh, some uh, salt, pepper, of course, garlic. I've got to gotta have garlic on my pizzas. Uh, the most popular 
pizza that I make. And probably my favorite, I think, is the same one that Sue is calling in about. Sue, uh oh, wait a second. I pushed the wrong button. There you go. There's Sue. You're on WGN. Hello. Hi. Hi, Sue. How are you? Hi, Dean and Dave. Yeah, you were asking about some of the more creative pizza toppings. I always thought that uh, California Pizza Kitchen had a lot of interesting choices. True. And one of their best sellers is that one that has like barbecue chicken and red onion. Can't remember if it's got cheese on it or not, but yeah. it's just delish. I'll... And your idea of doing it on the grill with bubbly crust. Oh, I'm there. I'm it, doing it. It's so simple. Let, let me tell you, this is, I've been doing grills on the uh, pizzas on the grill uh, for some time now. Uh, and on television, when I make them, by far the most popular pizza that I make is my barbecue chicken caramelized onion pizza. Now, it just so happens we are in Vidalia onion season right now. So go get some Vidalia onions, you know, those sweet onions. They're in all the stores right now. They're super cheap. Uh, You know, slice slice them up and caramelize them in a pan with just a little oil till they get nice and brown and all the sugars are out. They are just nice and sweet. Set them aside for a minute. And then take your pizza crust, do what I said, you know, do one, do one side, then the other. Mm-hmm. But put, instead of a layer of tomato sauce, put a layer of your favorite barbecue sauce on the uh, pizza crust. Uh, I like Famous Dave's Zesty. I love Famous Dave's Zesty, if you're going to buy it from the store. Uh, so I put that. How about down. Lily's Q? She's got some great well, sauce. That's a, also Willie. Everyone's got their favorite sauce, you know. So sure, that that's a good one. Um, I like. Um, what else have I had that's uh, like exceptionally good? I can't think of the names of them right now. But pick your favorite sauce. Doesn't make make any difference. So anyway, a layer of barbecue sauce. Uh, sprinkle on these caramelized onions that you just uh, you know did. Then take some uh, roasted chicken, you know, buy, buy one of those rotisserie chickens at the store and, you know, take, the, take all the meat off, chop it up, put that on the pizza with a little more barbecue sauce and sprinkle a little mozzarella on there and boom. Good night, Irene. Sign me up. One of the best pizzas you'll ever have with those caramelized onions on, I promise. Love it. I love your idea, too. Sue, thank you very much. Have a great uh, holiday weekend. Let's go over to Jim. You're on WGN. Hey, Dean. Great show. You and your crew look forward to you every Sunday. Thank you. Yeah. I've got two pizzas for you. One, uh, these ladies have had a bakery on the south side called Ingram's. They used to make a breakfast pizza. Breakfast pizza. What it consisted of was each slice was a slice of blueberry a slice of apple, a slice of peach, a slice of pineapple, huh. uh, blueberry. It was really, really good and unique. So kind of a fruit. Kind of where, a fruit. Where, it was kind of a fruit pizza. Yeah, right, for breakfast. Yeah. And then the other one is where I live now in Melrose Park. The only thing is I can't see paying $30 for a pizza. is <laughs> an Italian beef pizza. Attaboy. It's got the... It's got the you know, the regular crust and everything and the red sauce, but then they put Italian beef all over it, and nice. then you have your choice of either mozzarella or provolone cheese. Nice. They melt that, and then they sprinkle uh, jardinera. right? <laughs> yeah, of course. But it's so expensive, I'll just dream about it. <laughs> but you know what, uh, Jim? You, here, you can do this. Go get one of those bobbly crusts that I was talking about. 
yeah. put a put a little. Uh, I don't put like straight tomato sauce uh, down. No. Usually, no. usually what I do is I'll get a jar, just you know, because it's fast. I'll get a jar of like a four cheese pasta sauce. You know that they, they sell in the store. It's a little more flavorful. Yep. I'll put a slight okay. layer of that down. What if you What if you went and got like a a, a pound of Italian beef from you know Bona Beef or Portillo's or you know someplace like that? Or they even sell it frozen. The Italian beef you can get that. Yeah, right. So now it's yeah. a, a heck of a lot cheaper. You put the um, the beef down, sprinkle the Italian beef, the shredded beef on it. Uh, put some a little mozzarella or provolone. And some jardinier, and you make your own. It's a lot less than thirty bucks for a pizza. I'm on my way to your house. <laughs> Come on over. I'm gonna. I think that's a the Italian beef pizza. I think is a fa- genius idea. I love that. Yeah. Right. All Good. right. Well, that's it for me. All right, Jim. I appreciate the calls, and you have a safe holiday weekend next weekend. We're not going to be here next weekend, by the way, uh, because of the uh, Indy 500. We'll have coverage of that. So uh, I'm going to wish many of you a happy uh, holiday weekend this week, and we'll be off next week. Uh, Here is somebody. Wow, this is an interesting recipe from the 847 area code. Uh, Dean, we were in Juneau, Alaska, found a restaurant called the Twisted Fish Company, and they had halibut pizza with mushrooms with Alfredo sauce. Hmm. Let me think about that for a second here. Halibut? mushrooms and alfredo sauce i think that sounds pretty delicious i like that idea uh that's wow that is i don't think i've ever heard of a seafood pizza but maybe i have heard of like shrimp pizzas but uh wow with um with halibut halibut mushrooms i'm going to give that a try that sounds like an interesting idea here's 708 area code dean i use a pizza stone on the grill a lot of people do I roll out a circle of dough on parchment paper, add my sauce, veggies, and cheese, and then slide the pizza onto the stone with the parchment paper still under it. I always grill my veggies before I put them on the pizza. It's tasty and picture perfect. Signed, Judy. That sounds like a really good idea. I like that. And I like the idea of using the parchment paper because it's a little easier to move all the you know the uh, the dough around especially before it gets uh you know baked to a nine area code says thin crust pizza can can i assume we're only talking thin crust pizza here by the way i don't want to slam you know i i like uh, i like a nice lou malnati's once in a while but uh if i'm gonna have pizza at home i always make it thin crust i have never made a deep dish pizza at home I rarely order it out. I'll even from Lou Malnati's. Uh, I usually order it thin. I just prefer thin crust. I think a lot of people prefer thin crust. So I'm assuming we're all talking thin crust uh, pizza here. Uh, if not, get out. Uh, just kidding. Two one nine area code uh, pizza thin crust sausage cheese tomatoes spinach green olives. Wow, that sounds super super delicious. I love that. Give me your best pizza toppings, and we might use them on TV when I'm doing my cooking segment this week. 312-981-7200. Dean Richards, Sunday morning show. Our food time show here at Chicago Radio's only cooking and dining show. And every Wednesday, we actually take it to the television. 
We do my weekly cooking segment on the WGN TV Morning News. And this coming Wednesday, because we're getting ready for the Memorial Day weekend, lots of you are going to be grilling out. Thought it would be a good time to dust off some of our uh, grilled pizza recipes. I've got a lot of them that are already online, by the way. If you want to look up the recipes, you can just go to WGNTV.com slash Dean Cooks. I've got all my recipes there, but a lot of the pizza recipes are there. Uh, margarita pizza is always a favorite. That barbecue chicken, caramelized onion pizza is always a favorite. Uh, somebody sent in a recipe for gorgonzola, pear, and caramelized onion pizza. That sounds good. Uh, because I was talking about a pizza somebody told me about uh, at Dom's Kitchen. You know that new store, Dom's Kitchen, uh, in Chicago? They told me that they have pizza uh, with blueberries and blue cheese. Or like gorgonzola and blueberries. Uh, and it sounds good. That sounds like I can see the tartness of the cheese with the sweetness of the berries. I'm going to give that a try. Maybe I might do that on TV. But this gorgonzola pear and caramelized onion also sounds really good. Um, I like the Italian beef pizza that our friend just called in a minute ago. I really like that. Uh, and I, I'm definitely going to do that. How about some other ideas here, though? Uh, 312-981-7200 is my phone number. Uh, here's one that says, uh, Dean, love my Sunday morning WGN. Haven't tried this yet. Only seen it online. It sounds like a New York pizza. Uh, try sauce pizza with marinara, pesto, and vodka sauce uh, with mozzarella cheese. That sounds actually really good with that variety of uh, those three sources. I'm listening in the Nashville area, recently retired from the northwest side of Chicago in Jefferson Park. Well, good for you for uh, you know listening to us online. We appreciate that. Even though you've moved away, you don't have to move away from your uh, WGN. Uh, somebody sent me a recipe for a spaghetti pizza where you cook the spaghetti, set it aside, and then in a cast iron pan, you put down some oil, you put the spaghetti in and put it on the grill so the bottom side of the spaghetti gets kind of crunchy, which I love, and then you flip it over. So now you've got the crunchy side on top, and the other side now is getting crunchy, and you put the toppings on that in the cast iron pan. Whatever cheese, whatever meats, vegetables, whatever you want on that, put it back in the grill, let it... Uh, let it uh, melt a little bit, take it out of the pan. But instead of a traditional bread crust, you've got the pasta, the, the, the spaghetti is your, is your crust. That's a really good idea. I like that. 708 area code says, Dean, a deep dish pizza could easily be made at home, even on a grill using a cast iron skillet. Very true. Uh, I purposely build up the cheese around the side of the skillet. So when it cooks, the cheese gets brown and kind of crispy, kind of Detroit style. I like that. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Judy. A, a great recipe there. Yeah, we've got some good ones here. Grilled chicken, slices of tomato, garlic, and basil. Very good. Uh, had a, Mar a Maria pizza in Tennessee. The sauce was spinach and artichoke dip. That sounds absolutely fantastic. Wow, these are some great ideas. Thank you so much. I'm definitely going to steal some of these. Uh, 
Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, Wednesday right around nine thirty-five is usually when we do the uh, our weekly cooking segment. So uh, we'll see which ones we wind up with uh, on TV. And uh, we always post them online. All the recipes that uh, we get, we always post them online. In fact, if you want to get my recipes sent right to your phones every week, we send them out automatically if you want. Just text the word DEAN to 97999. Text the word DEAN to 97999. And uh, I'm sorry, uh, Cooks. Send, uh, text the word Cooks to 97999 we'll send you the recipes if you type text the word dean then we send you movie reviews we're always trying to send you send you something all right that's going to be it for us as i say we're off next week for the indy 500 but we will see you monday through friday 8 to 8 30 on bob surratt show and of course on the uh, wgn tv morning news we've got some exciting indy 500 qualifying action coming up next uh all right here i hope you have a wonderful day And as I say, we uh, are off next week, so I hope you have a very safe and wonderful holiday. Thank you very much for listening.